Welcome to Beyond a Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Jeremy Autry. And I'm Chuck Mead, and today we're going to be talking about the loaded gun in your kid's pocket. That sounds scary. It is. It's not a an episode about guns, though, Jeremy, so don't be worried. Okay. Yeah, so here's the thing. There is a loaded gun in your kid's pocket. What is it? Uh, their phone, the smart phone in your kid's pocket is as dangerous, metaphorically, <laughs> as a loaded gun, uh, obviously for different reasons, but still very, mm-hmm. very dangerous. That doesn't mean your kids shouldn't have this in their pocket. We're not trying to tell you uh, which way to lean on that decision, but we are saying that this needs to be something that you're aware of, mm-hmm. that this is a very Um, potentially dangerous thing. The further along we get, the more we're going to realize how much of a world-changing moment it was in 2007 when Steve Jobs unveiled the iPhone at uh, whatever, the Apple presentation he did, because that really did change the world. And the way uh, things change so quickly, so fast, that I believe today, well, in the near future, really Gen Z, as they become parents, they're going to view phones, smartphones, and unlimited internet access to their kids very differently than previous generations did. And I think it's going to be compared to the way tobacco is viewed today versus 20, 30 years ago. So, Jeremy, what what do you remember about... We're talking about just like smoking straight up cigarettes. What was it like culturally and in society when you were in high school? So first of all, um, thanks for pointing out that I'm 30 years older than you. I didn't say you're not 30 years older than me. No, um, I'm not, but uh, you made it sound like I was. Thanks for that. Sorry. So um, I was born in 1976. I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, and things were much different. Uh, I don't remember when, but I know there was a time in my life when there weren't warnings on cigarettes, when there were cigarette commercials that came on television that seemed targeted to teenagers. Um, I went to Triton High School in the 90s, early 90s, and uh, when I got there my freshman year, they still had a smoking pit for teenagers. Uh, I don't know, I guess the legal smoking age then was 18, mm. but I know there were teenagers younger than that, smoking in the smoking pit, um, and it wasn't frowned upon, you know, it was just kind of a a normal thing. So definitely now looking back 20 years down the road plus 20 plus years down the road, there's definitely a different Mm -hmm. perspective in our culture on smoking, especially uh, youth smoking. Right. And I think, and I grew up in, I was born in 92, so I'm a (coughs) late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, kid, but I don't ever remember seeing a commercial promoting um, cigarettes. It was always commercials on, hey, here's the dangers of it, and here's why you shouldn't do it. And you have, would, would have the people who would have like the robot voice singing about don't smoke tobacco and everything. This is not an episode on the dangers of tobacco, but, especially because we're in Sampson County, and that's how a lot of people like. Oh, yeah. Make we their- name our hot dogs after. Tobacco, yeah, exactly. Uh, but just side note, this means you have no idea who the Marlboro Man even is. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh my goodness, yeah. Marlboro Man. Oh, that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. But but the reason it changes 
Jeremy, because all the data came out of, hey, here's the results and the health yeah. effects. And that's what our society is getting today. Right. So you go on the news and not even Christian sources, there are already, there are social media companies meeting, having to have hearings in court because they received data that social media and the effects of the smartphone was dramatically affecting teens' mental health. And purposefully targeted to young people. Yes. And so we're seeing now the results in the rise in anxiety and depression among young people. I believe we're going to see more restrictions in place. So our society is becoming more aware to the reality that this smartphone that has so many good things is also a dangerous thing. So, Jeremy, what is a scripture that we can go to just kind of establish these dangers? In Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 15, it says this, See then that you walk circumspectly. That verse means um, careful. It has the concept circumspectly. It's the idea of looking all around. Your head's on a swivel. You're paying attention to everything that's going on. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The concept of paying attention to what's going on around you is interesting in uh, contrast to me with my eyes down staring at a phone. The concept of redeeming the time, using it for its greatest value, stands in stark contrast Mm. to the game, the stupid app that sucks up hours and hours of my time on my phone. Um, So this verse, I think, speaks a lot um, biblically to to the concept of this uh, smartphone in my pocket. So if you've been thinking, man, this is no big deal, like, okay, every every kid when they reach a certain age is supposed to get a smartphone, this is just part of life, you know, all my uh, friends' kids have phones, this is just normal, and we've not actually stopped and realized that this is a very dangerous thing. Again, a lot of blessings, a lot of good things can come from that. You know that. You're listening to this podcast on a smartphone. There's a lot of, maybe, but there's a lot of benefits and good things from this technology, but there's also a lot of danger. So we're going to really just hammer on three uh, main reasons your phone is dangerous. Jeremy, what's the first one? Um, There's a lot of media that your kid can consume on their smartphone. Videos that they can watch, things they can listen to, shows they can watch. These things are super, can be super dangerous. Um, The truth is there have been live videos of people committing suicide online Mm. that um, thousands or more people were able to watch. There Mm. have been live videos of people shooting other people online for the world to consume and watch. I don't want my kids seen things like yeah. that. The streaming services that are available for our kids to subscribe to, we give them the password and uh, they can watch HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, all this stuff that they can watch. And, you know, some of it's great. Some of it's entertaining. Some of it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Some of it is um, pornography, mm-hmm. you know, um, things that 20 years ago would have never been available to watch yeah. for our kids. Uh, now they have uh, the opportunity in their pocket. Yeah, This affects the way they think about the opposite sex, the way they think about themselves, as they consume nonstop this media, these videos, this audio, these things that can really be dangerous. It affects the way they think about the opposite sex. It can affect the way they think about themselves as they look at other teenagers who seem so cool, who seem so put together, who seem so made up. 
um, and they think they could never measure up to that. Uh, it also robs them of the opportunity to think. The word amuse itself means to not think. Yeah. And as we sit and stare at um, video clip after video clip of dogs and cats and stupid dances, and we're just uh, we're not redeeming the time as mm-hmm. we consume some of these things. I think you may have heard this song as you were growing up, Jeremy. Maybe if you you've heard it. Be careful, little eyes, what you. See. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Do you re- have you heard uh, that one? Not while I was growing up. Oh, I no, didn't we... grow up in church, oh, but that's true. Uh, <laughs> since I've been grown, yeah. I've heard it. Yeah. Uh, be careful little eyes what you see and then it was be careful little ears what you hear. And here's the thing, that is what Jesus says is it's very um your eyes can lead you into sin. And he takes it so far as to say in Matthew 5:29-30, if your right eye causes you to sin, take your eyeball, pluck it out. And cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you than one of your members or one of your body parts should perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. He says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable than one of your members perish than your whole body be cast into hell. In other words, there's things, sinful things, where uh, whatever we allow into those gates that can lead us into unrepentant sin. And we have to be on guard. And Jesus is telling us, be bold, boldly sacrifice things that are leading you openly into sin. Proverbs 4.23 tells us to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. What does that mean to guard your heart, Jeremy? Okay, so uh, I'm so sick of people using this verse to talk about romantic love. That's not what this (laughs) verse is about. Your heart, it's the inner man. It's who you are on the inside, or at least part of that. And the concept is, be careful what you take in and allow to impact the way you feel and think, because out of that, what you take in, as it molds and shapes who you are on the inside, then now the way I behave and the way I react and the way I think and live is going to be affected. So it's dangerous for us to constantly consume things that are contrary to God's word and the way that God wants us to think about things, the true way that God wants us to think about things. So we've got to be careful what we are allowing, what we are watching, what we are being entertained by. That's And again, all of these things are not just warnings for our kids. They're warnings for us. But we have to first, and we're going to unpack these more, but we have to be at least first aware of these dangers. So we talked about consumption. The second one is communication. So you know this if you've ever been on social media, if you've ever texted anyone, that people say things online that they would never say in person. It's very easy to hide behind a keyboard, hide behind what we're what we're punching, what we're typing in, and we see horrible, awful things being communicated. So we've got to be on guard to realize that our kids are being exposed to this. And there's 11-year-olds, Jeremy, committing suicide because of hateful things people say to them in person or online. The way people communicate and doing it in what people perceive to be a very secretive way um, can be so, so dangerous. So part of parenting is safeguarding Um, uh, realizing that there is open communication through some of these apps and we have to be careful about what our and what our kids are communicating but also what can be communicated to them yeah because there's uh, our job as parents are 
uh, to be the gatekeeper in a lot of ways for our kids. There are certain people in your kid's life who you are going to need to cut off communication. Hey, this is a person that I don't want to influence you. I don't want you to influence them. You shouldn't be communicating with that person. But then we have in their pocket this easy mode of um, anytime communication that is is complicated to police. Um, and um, we need to be aware of that, the danger of that. There's also ways that uh, as teenagers start to notice the opposite sex and, and relationships begin to form and evolve um, without getting too graphic, there's a lot of inappropriate ways that our children can communicate with the opposite sex using that smartphone in their pocket that are super dangerous mm. lines that they could cross and, and there's no coming back yeah. from having, obviously God can redeem that and rescue them from that, but it's still a very real situation um, that we as parents need to be, be aware of that danger. And it's it's something that, yes, you just mentioned this, Jeremy, there's grace when we fail, there's grace when we sin, but especially with the internet and what we communicate, there are people deal with the consequences of what they've communicated for the rest of their lives yeah. online. It sticks with them. Um, nothing is truly deleted from the internet. You know that, but it is so easy. It's, it's easy for students to think there's no consequences for this action. I'm just typing something out. It's no big deal. But yet that has lasting effects. Even when they run and they're uh, repentant and they ask for forgiveness, that doesn't undo that communication. So we've got to be very careful about that communication that our students uh, that our kids give, but also receive. What are some scriptures, Jeremy, that can kind of help guide us through this? Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Second Timothy two sixteen. avoid godless chatter. I love that translation. <laughs> because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Um, Proverbs fifteen twenty eight: The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. Our smartphones give us more and more opportunity to communicate. It's not always verbal speech, but um, these same concepts apply to written word. It gives us more and more opportunity to communicate without having thought about what we're going to say or, or allowed it to pass through the filter of our parents um, when we're kids, and it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about consumption. We've talked about communication. The third danger we want to be aware of is addiction. <clears throat> this is not – people want to give teenagers grief for being addicted to their phones. And, Jeremy, this is not just a teenage thing. I've been around some – Senior saints, that's the best way to say it, who are just glued to their smartphones. And it is so easy for all of us to be just entangled in always needing to be entertained 24-7, and we find ourselves addicted to our phones. Have you heard of the term doom scrolling? Um, That doom scrolling is when you're on some type of social media, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, and you have no you have no direction. You're just scrolling to look at reels yeah. or to look at news feeds. And you have no you, no time limit. You're just scrolling, 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 consuming. And that is such a easily addicting 
thing. So many different apps. Yeah, it's the it's the opposite of redeeming the time. Mm-hmm. Instead of making the most of every moment, your days are numbered. You only have a certain number of hours here on earth. Instead of making the most of those, the opposite of that is. Uh, I never heard that term. I feel like uh, such a Gen Xer. That's okay. It happens. Scrolling. I've, I've done it, but I didn't know what it was called. Uh, I have been on my phone looking at nonsense and then roll over and see that it's 2 a.m. Yeah. And I have work tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and it's easy, too, to procrastinate things and be like, oh, I'm just going to get a social media break. And then you find yourself just losing track of time. And this is just totally normal in society. Jeremy, you mentioned... Uh, being in New York City and seeing people just walking around on their phones, and that was just yeah. I uh, it w- and it wasn't just seeing people; it was me. Oh, um, I, I'm in New York City, the one of the coolest places I've ever been. I'm in Times Square, but something had my attention on my phone. I'm trying to walk from one place to the other with my head down, looking at my phone while I'm walking. And first of all, I'm missing all this cool stuff happening around me. Second of all, I'm bumping into strangers. Um, some of them New Yorkers who get angry really easily. And third of all, how easy is it to pick the pocket of the guy who's not walking, literally walking circumspectly? Yeah. It was just stupid. Again, what a, what a stark contrast. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's easy. It's easy to do, to get lost in this little world that I don't know is three by five inches yeah. and just completely consume my time. Um, I find myself personally, I'm standing in line at the grocery store. I can't just stand here for two minutes. I have to look at my phone. Yeah. Um, and some of that's fine. Some of that's just being entertained. But there has, I don't know where the line is, but somewhere there's a line that this is not healthy. This isn't okay. And as we talk about kids, there's a lot of scientific data. Obviously, I don't understand all of it, but as their brains are forming and they're, they're learning, Staring at a phone for too many hours a day is literally physically dangerous for them. And so here's the thing. It's so easy to think as we make decisions in our own uh, smartphone usage and as we begin to make the decision of giving our own kids a phone and technology access to base our decision based on what the world around us is doing. And we've got to look through this as well as so many other things in our lives and in our parenting through Romans 12, 2, which tells us not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here's the thing. We've got to not view the world's basis of here's what um, what your kids and here's what's acceptable for you and for your kids. But we've got to ask ourselves, think about it. Do we give our kids a phone? When should we give it to them? What control should we have when we give it to our kids? And all of this is going to vary for different people because our kids, our teens, they their maturity levels are different. And again, just like we talked about in our last episode, we're going to uh, disagree with other parents in that. And Jeremy and I are looking forward to hopefully interviewing different people and getting different perspectives of what they're, what safeguards they're putting in place for their kids. But here's the thing, Jeremy, you mentioned this just a minute ago, but that kids and teens' brains are still developing. They're not able to handle the unfiltered abyss of the phone in their pocket without any restrictions. When we think about that, they need restraints and restrictions, right? Yeah. 
Um, this is true for every area of your parenting. If they had all this down, they wouldn't need you. They could just go ahead and move out and get their own place, and they would be fine. They, uh, God put them in your house. God gave them parents because they need uh, parents. They need us to help them navigate these things, to teach them, to challenge them, to give them control when needed, and then as the, the need for that control is lessened as they get older, to give them um, oversight, to give them um, advice and all the way through until they are at the place that they themselves are able to make godly, mature decisions. Yeah, That's going to be different for every kid. That's going to look different in every house. But the real danger is just taking my hands off the wheel when they're 12 and they don't have all this together. And just throwing my kid out there and mm-hmm. trusting them to figure it out on their own. We would never do that with a real loaded gun. Mm-hmm. We would never do that with a with an automobile. We would never do that with these things that we obviously see as potentially dangerous. We need to see the smartphone in that same light. Yeah. So a lot, the world today says your kids need, they deserve privacy. So you need to give them online privacy all the time. But the reality is they need accountability. And they don't just need accountability while they're kids, like we as adults need accountability and we don't need to hide behind the privacy and think uh, without the safeguard of accountability for honoring God with what we view on our phone. So our kids need restraints, restrictions. Um, they, You should, as a parent, have access to their phone and their password. But just putting restrictions without the discussion training is setting them up for failure. So our goal as parents is to get our kids to the place that they are an adult making God-honoring, kingdom-building decisions, especially when it comes here to handling technology. You made an interesting point. Um, I have a smartphone, obviously, but my wife gives me accountability. She Mm -hmm. has access, complete access, all the passwords to my phone. Yep. Not just that, but where I work. Uh, there are people within that organization who have access to provide accountability to me on this very dangerous device. Uh, it's dangerous for me as a 46-year-old adult who loves Jesus, who um, is part of his family and his kingdom. It's dangerous for me. Of course it's dangerous for my kids. Right, right. So why would we not offer them, especially as they're, Uh, still brains are still developing, they're still growing and maturing, help provide that. Now, this can seem so frustrating. Oh, great. Thanks, Chuck and Jeremy. You're just telling me how dangerous my, this like loaded gun in my kid's pocket is. But here is the, uh, what we must remember. God has chosen us to parent in 2023 in this day and age with all the dangers of technology. And he has allowed us, chosen us to parent at this specific time. Yeah, so don't don't overreact. Don't go grab your kid's phone and uh, smash it with a hammer and cancel all their accounts or whatever. But make up your mind that you are going to be conscious and conscientious of the fact that there are some real dangers. Hold on for the rest of these conversations. And I'm, you've probably already thought through the rules and different things concerning your kids and their phones, but... Continue thinking through them as we walk through this. Think through it some more and never, ever stop. This world is continuously evolving. The, the technology world, smartphone world, social media world, and you have to constantly be thinking about 
parenting in that realm. Yeah. So we here's the thing. We just can't be, and this is the common thread through all these episodes, we can't be passive. It's so tempting to be passive and to be lazy in our parenting. We've got to put the work in and try to guard whatever we can. So if we... Uh, we're giving a gun. We would want to make sure there was a safe. The safety was on. That it was locked up. But at the same time, when it comes to gun safety, a big part of that is training. Training of gun safety. And so that's what we want to do for our kids. We want to train them in how to handle their smartphones when they're out of our homes. How to handle that safely. That's right. So we've got to be planning now. What's the plan? In the next few episodes, we're going to unpack that. We're going to be interviewing um, hopefully a few different parents and what they're doing, kind of get some more practical uh, steps in um, handling the danger of a smartphone and really just screens, tablets all together um, with our kids. I love it. Thanks for listening to Beyond a Parent. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ we have all that we need for this journey. Thanks for listening. See you guys.